welcome to IOM3 Investigates, the podcast series of the Institute of Materials, Minerals and Mining. We are one of the UK's major science and engineering institutions and our activities are focused on the promotion and development of all aspects of the materials cycle. These include the science, design, engineering and technology of materials, minerals and mining and their practical applications. We facilitate qualifications, professional recognition and development, share knowledge and provide networking services to a global membership and wider community. We hope you enjoy our podcast series. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of IOM3 Investigates. I'm Fiona Robinson, Senior Research Fellow in Electrical Machine Design at the University of South Wales and Vice Chair of the IOM3 Women in Materials, Minerals and Mining, also known as WIM3 Committee. I am delighted to host this podcast series focused on speaking with women in various backgrounds and industries, from engineering and materials to minerals and mining, to chat a bit about their careers and how they got to where they are now, be it by education, industry or other routes. I am joined now by Marina Fernando, who is an R&D scientist with extensive experience in Elastomer Research. Dr. Marina Fernando has a first degree in chemical engineering and a PhD. Her doctoral thesis was titled Traction-Induced Compaction of Maize Powder, which investigated the solids conveying in a single extruder. She is currently a research and development scientist working at Tark Rubber Consultants. She has over 30 years experience in leading projects for the polymer industry and has been involved in test method development, product development and industrial troubleshooting. She has co-authored several book chapters in the polymer field and has been a speaker at several international conferences. She has a keen interest in the application of novel material systems to solve industrial problems and is the secretary of the Women in Materials, Minerals and Mining Committee at IOM3. The views expressed are solely those of the participant and without implication of endorsement, accountability or responsibility to TARC and or MRB, either individually or shared. Thank you for joining me today, Marina. To start off, please could you tell me about your educational background and how you were first introduced to the possibility of a career in materials? Yes, so I um, did chemical engineering for my first degree. From a very young age, I wanted to do engineering because my father was a civil engineer and that was the inspiration. So I studied chemical engineering at South Bank University. And on completion of my degree, I went to Imperial College to do my PhD. During my PhD, I studied the solids conveying in a single screw extruder to process maize flour. So the research was funded by SCRC and the Agricultural and Food Research Institute in Norwich. And during my PhD, I began to realize the importance of understanding material response in terms of understanding processing behavior, because if I could expand a little bit on that, solids conveying is governed by the frictional forces that gets generated between the material that's been conveyed 
and the metal surfaces of the extruder. So that's the barrel surface and the screw surface. And further along the extruder, you get material compaction. So I spent a large part of my PhD actually measuring a friction and compaction response of the mace flower as a function of processing parameters like pressure, temperature, so on and so forth. So it is then I realized that if you're going to optimize processes, produce a good product, then you need to understand material response. Following on from that, could you describe your career path? So although my PhD is kind of my education, but that is really where uh, my career started. During the time at I was given a lot of encouragement to write papers, present papers. There was a lot of networking with uh, industrial partners that was visiting our group. And I was very pleased when my PhD work actually ended up as a book chapter. And I also had, by the end of my PhD, a peer-reviewed publication. So that's really when my career took off. In the final year of my PhD, a multinational company offered me job. And this was really a key moment because I had to decide, do I go into stay in academia or do I go into industry? I was very convinced that I wanted to be a research and development scientist. But after a lot of thought, and at the time I had to turn the job down because I had planned to get married. And my fiance then and my husband now was also at Imperial. Yeah. We agreed that we didn't want to run two households. So that was the first indication to me that I would be uh, having to make a lot of compromises in order to keep my personal life and my professional life yeah. in balance. So instead, so I gave that job offer up and I, I saw a postdoctoral research role advertised in mechanical engineering at Imperial College. And that sounded really interesting because it had an overseas sponsor, a U.S. sponsor. So I was able to visit them. So I took that uh, job offer up and ended up at Imperial for about nine years doing postdoctoral research. And I was you know, working on uh, various different contracts. And most of the time it was on testing, testing materials or testing adhesive joints. Um, in that time, I also had my two kids. So I had two lots of maternity leave. So it was convenient place to be being a postdoc and, and managing your career, having some sort of a career, but also being able to start, start a family. Yeah. So it, it, it was, you're able to keep your career going during that period. Correct. So end of the nine years, after my first one, I came back to work full time. After the second one, I was work part time and eventually the, the funding ran out. So I was forced to find a job. And through a contact, I got to know there was a post available at Park. So I wrote to Park and offer an interview. And I started working at Park on elastomer research uh, and has been there for 24 years. So that's pretty much my career. I mean, during the time I at Park, I've done a lot of project management, industrial troubleshooting, I managed a unit. So it's, you know, it's been, I've handled different things in the time I've been there. Yeah, so you've had the opportunity to have quite some variety in your role within the same organisation. Right. Yeah, that's good. So what do you consider to be your most significant achievement in your career and why? I led a project at TARG and we developed a, a fire-retardant uh, natural rubber-derived compound 
and I was um, and we were able to commercialize this. So product commercialization process where you take lab scale R&D and scale it up to industrial manufacturing is not something I've done before. So this was uh, hugely satisfying. It wasn't easy, but it was hugely satisfying in the end because now I'm able to go about and see the product in use. So I would say that was the most significant achievement that I would carry with me because uh, it's a product that is being used. That must be very satisfying to be able to overcome the challenges of scale-up and get to commercialization? Yes. I mean, we didn't do this alone. We had uh, a very supportive industrial partnership and, and they all of us worked together. There was a lot of community going up and down. So when there were, when issues presented itself, we found solutions to overcome those difficulties and it is a product that the industry uses now. Excellent. What has been the biggest obstacle or challenge you faced in your career and how did you overcome it? Basically, the the challenge really came from a situation that happened in my personal life. Because for a period of time, five years, my husband was working in Australia. And during this time, I was also promoted head of what was then the industrial support unit at Tart. So not only I had the responsibilities of running a technical unit, which was all male, um, and at the same time, I had to come home and play the dual role of mom and dad. Um, So it was a very difficult time. It was challenging. And I really managed uh, because I had help from parents who lived locally with such things like shuffling the kids for matches or football matches, for example, uh, to give me a bit more time to catch up with other things at home. So, yes, uh, the professional challenge really came because of a personal situation. Yeah. And I think that that happens quite, you know, quite often where women are very committed to their career. But sometimes there's competing challenges that make you question whether you're doing the right thing. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's very difficult to know what is right sometimes because I always knew that if I stayed at home full time, I would feel very frustrated because I'd always wanted to work in some capacity. So, yes, I compromised a bit on, on both roles, but I had a little bit of both. Yeah, I think that that's excellent that you you know you were able to find a way to manage both navigate through the process. Yeah. So, what uh, what plans and professional ambitions do you have? And now that I'm in the final stretch of my career and retirement is around the corner, I'm looking to play more of an advisory role and also be available to offer support to the next generation of technicians, scientists who are embarking on, on, on a materials-related career. I feel that sitting within the Women in Materials, Minerals and Minings Committee puts me in a good mood that. I think I think that's excellent with uh, all the experience and skills that you've acquired throughout your career. I think it's really important to inspire the next generation. Is there anything you wish you'd known or done differently in your early career that you'd recommend to someone embarking on a career in materials now? 
So there's no one-size-fits-all solution. Everyone needs to respond to their own circumstances and, and what is driving them. But reflecting back on my early career, I wish I had changed jobs in the material sector a bit more to get a broader understanding of the last few. I say that because I look at my CV now and there's only two employers in my CV, Imperial College London and Talk, in a career that's over 30, 30, nearly 35 years now. So if I had moved around a little bit more in the early stages of my career, before I had children, that's, that, that is something I, I think I would have changed. Yeah, I, I think... I think as you get more mature, I think you feel more com- more confident about trying things. I think earlier on in your career, less so. Exactly. Because especially when we got married, I mean, as soon as I came out of Imperial, I, I, I got, we, got, we got married. And then the, the more discussed, so to speak, you're, you know, we were acting to start a family and all that. And with that in mind, I had to think of how I'm going to uh, combine my own need to keep in touch with the scientific world because R&D is so progressive that I couldn't contemplate a situation where I would take time off, several years off, and then come back to it. I mean, in those days, it was not that easy because research would have just progressed so much that it would be difficult for me. If I felt it would have been difficult for me to to come back in again. So I kept working. Yeah. I I I th- I did the same, and I think things have changed a little bit because I worked in industry when I had had my children, and I couldn't take a career break. I would have had to just resign, and I they wouldn't let me do flexible working. So you know, I think if you if you want to carry on with your career, you've just got to try and find a way. It's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just going to say that different people have different requirements from what they want out of their life, and and, and so the decision making process is very different. Thank you very much, Marina. It was a pleasure. If you'd like to find out more about the IOM3 Women in Materials, Minerals and Mining Group, please visit the IOM3 website at www.iom3.org or follow us on LinkedIn by searching IOM3 Women in Materials, Minerals and Mining. Please also don't forget to subscribe to hear more from us through Apple, Google Podcasts or Spotify.